All right. Missions, missions work. Isn't that what you've always imagined when you thought about going on the mission field and serving people? The same t-shirt, right? Getting out there and getting great pictures and what else? Let me, let me get a, a quick uh, a survey here in terms of uh, who's been on a mission trip, both domestic and international. Go and stand up if you have. Stand up. All right. Very good. Very good. All right. So if you've been on more than two mission trips, Stay, remain standing. Okay. More than two. All right. How about three or more? Three or more mission trips remain standing. Oh, God. Hey, that's good. That's good. Uh, That's next next, uh, Wednesday, right? We'll talk about that. Thank you. Um, All right. So we got two of us. Uh, So how many times have you guys been? Three times? Okay. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Okay, ah, I see, that's right. Four or five times, all right. And what, what countries? Okay, I think Dean's son, that's right, that's right. I, I remember that. <laughs> hey, what about you? Where have you been? That's awesome. Well, I want to give you guys a couple prizes here. These are the coveted Mini Moo Chick-fil-A cows. Here you go. There you go, sir. Awesome. Thanks for uh, serving on the mission field and serving people. Appreciate you guys. Um, all right, so let me ask a couple questions here for those that have been on uh, different trips or if you've heard stories about it. Uh, what, what are some of the craziest things you've either seen, heard about, or maybe even eaten? What are some crazy things? Yes, sir. Kimchi, yes. Explain kimchi a little bit. It's a cabbage that is fermented. Yep. It's, it's very, very good. Tell you what, when I was in uh, Southwestern Seminary down in Fort Worth, Texas, we had a bunch of Korean students, um, and that's where kimchi comes from, uh, who, uh, who lived in this, the, the dorms. And they ate kimchi all the time. So the whole dorm smelt of kimchi. So thank you so much for sharing. That's awesome. Oh, oh. <laughs> Sorry, deflection there. Yeah, well, awesome. Very cool. Anybody else? The craziest thing you have seen, heard about, or eaten? Yes, ma'am. Escargot. Explain to us what escargot is. Snails, that's right. And how did it taste? Like chicken or? Okay. Pretty good. Did Okay. Yeah, put some seasoning on it and different things. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing. We'll do one more. Well, you know, so we, I kind of opened it up a little bit. So anything that's crazy that you seem to have heard, maybe it's international. Um, I think I had a hand come up right here first. Yeah, go ahead and share. Mm-hmm. Nice. Right in front of everybody. Okay. Did you guys put it in chili or something? What? 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 Okay. Awesome. Okay. Serving in Houston. Who knows? The exotic things in Houston, right? There you go. Oh, thank you very much. We'll have some more opportunities here. So uh, let me ask you guys some questions. Um, 
missions, when you think about missions, you heard John Chris talk about it. What are some things that pop in your mind when you think about missions work? What are the exotic, crazy, unorthodox things that you think about when you think about missions? Serving others. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, do better things for Make sure that their lives are better than when you first interacted with them, right? Yeah. So serving, doing good to others. That's right. That's a big part of it. Getting outside of your comfort zone. Getting uncomfortable. Yeah, engaging with people. Talking. That can be intimidating, can it? It can be scary to talk to folks that you have not met before. And as you cross cultures and, and they're all looking different, it can be pretty intimidating. Absolutely. One more. Something else when you think about missions. What's that? Teaching. Yeah, teaching's teaching is a big part of missions yeah about God's word who God is what he's done for us awesome well again I'm gonna share about my experience with missions um, but I guess the first one of the first questions I want to ask you is when did missions start as you look in the Bible did it did it start with the Matthew 28 or what what do you think when you think about missions and where it started what's the first thing that comes to mind Paul, okay. Paul and his missionary journeys, absolutely. Yeah, and so it's because of that sin that there was a mission that was created to, to do missions, right? And so I think that, that God probably from the very beginning, even in Genesis, had a thought that I need to go out and, and save people. I need, to, I need to spread the word about my salvation and what I'm able to do for people. It is from the beginning. In fact, I want to share a verse from, from Genesis 12. So very, very early on, and it's God speaking to a person named Abraham. You guys remember Abraham? Was Abram turned to Abraham? And so he left his land. One of the things that God said to him was this in, in uh, Genesis 12, verses 1 through 3. Uh, the Lord said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. And so with that, God, even at that point in Genesis, was talking about this idea because, as you know, Jesus was a descendant of Abraham. And so it's through Abraham and this promise that God made to Abraham very back in the beginning that he was going to bless all the peoples of the earth, all the families of the earth, through Abraham, through his seed, through his descendants. And so it's from the very beginning that God had this vision for missions and for reaching all peoples. And, and this word nations comes up a lot. So you, as you think of Matthew 28, can anybody reverse, uh, recite some of the verses from Matthew 28? Yes, sir. The Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and teach them to obey all the things that I've commanded you. 
That's right. Excellent. You, uh, did you get a cow already? Yeah, you did. Okay. So, awesome. And so, again, this idea of going to all the nations, what, what do the nations mean? When you think of the nations, what comes to mind? Yes, sir. Countries. Countries. Yeah, countries around the world, so it's, it's global in nature, but the original words used for this idea of nations is actually this ethnos, right? And what does ethnos mean? Ethnic, it means peoples. And so from the very beginning, the exciting thing about God is that he loves all peoples, and he has called us to, to, to go to all peoples of the world. And so I'll talk a little bit more about this, about my time in uh, serving in India, but a big emphasis of the organization that I was with, the International Mission Board, of which we as Southern Baptists, that's who we support to send missionaries around the world, um, their big focus was on people groups, on this ethnos, the ethnic peoples of the world. And we had a, we had a big emphasis on reaching unreached, unengaged people groups. And so groups that literally have never heard of the gospel before, they have never been exposed to who Jesus Christ is. Many who are living in, in bamboo huts, mud floors, and have never been exposed to the gospel. All they know is Islam. All they know is Hinduism. And so there are literally groups out there, people groups, large people groups, that have never heard about Jesus. And so uh, that takes me to, uh, to my story, as, uh, as Ryan was sharing. And, and so my story begins with my time in the U.S. Army. I was in field artillery, so we shot a lot of cannons and rockets for a living, and I loved it. I blew things up. It was a lot of fun for me as a, as a young adult. Um, and so that's, that's where my journey with Jesus actually began. And so very shortly after coming into the Army, I, I began wrestling with a lot of things, asking a lot of questions of, of how do you know what truth is? How do you know who, who God is? Is there only one way? And I, I did research on Hinduism. My, my mom is actually a Buddhist from Thailand. And so I thought, well, maybe, maybe that's it, you know. Uh, maybe it's all roads. I looked at Islam a little bit. But one thing that stood out to me was unmistakable was that as you look at all these different religions, Christianity is the only one where the God who created all his people actually came down to earth, laid down his life, loved his people enough to, to lay down his life and die. And that stood out to me. It was unmistakably different than any other religion for me. And so from that knowledge and from just grap uh, grappling with that, I, I came into a, uh, a relationship with Jesus Christ and, and asked him into my heart and, and chose to follow him from there. And I saw God begin to work in some amazing ways from that point. Um, I got connected pretty early on as, as a young uh, lieutenant in the U.S. Army uh, with a group called the Voice of the Martyrs. Has anybody ever heard of them, Voice of the Martyrs? Uh, so they're, they're a group that essentially focuses on prayer and engagement and help for persecuted Christians that are around the world. And so I began uh, hearing radio um, broadcasts about this, uh, began reading articles and, and just looking on the internet and, and seeing that I did not realize that there are believers around the world in, in Indonesia and in China that are suffering greatly for their faith. And that really began stirring my heart to pray for the persecuted church to pray for um, my brothers and sisters around the world who, who I'd never met, but they were willing to, to go to jail and to uh, be separated from their families and to lay down their lives as we read in the scripture of how Paul and Peter and others did that same thing. But modern day, they were doing this. And it really burned my heart to begin praying for them 
So I began doing that. I began praying on a regular basis for the persecuted church. And that quickly um, evolved into praying for the persecutors. So I get, began thinking about these Mus- Muslims and these Hindus around the world and these Buddhists that, that uh, were so fervent about their own faith and, and had such hatred uh, for we in the Christian faith that they were willing to kill, uh, to, to beat, and to persecute my brothers and sisters around the world. So I began praying uh, for, uh, for the persecutors. And that emerged into a real burden for Muslims specifically. Uh, I just had, for some reason, God put Muslims on my heart, and I began praying fervently for them. And, and as I was in the army, I began wrestling with this idea that um, maybe God is asking me to do something more. And I, I knew that, uh, um, that wherever I was, I was called to be a witness for Christ. And so I began you know, praying for the persecuted church, actually began putting in my heart a desire to pray for all those around me. And so I began praying for others and, and witnessing to uh, my fellow uh, uh, soldiers in the army. And it was amazing. I began seeing people come to faith and, and seeing, uh, I was part of a church plant that was there in Oklahoma and began seeing people become a part of that church plant. It was really a neat experience to see God move and to see how, um, how he burdened my heart to begin praying for others, how that emerged into a, a burden and a passion for sharing with everybody around me because everyone around you is, is a mission field, right? It starts here, and then it's also there. It's not, a, it's not an either or, it's a both and. You witness to all those around you and to the utter ends of the earth. It's like it says in Matthew 28. And so with that, um, I, I wrestled with this, this uh, burden, this calling that God was placing on my heart, and, and I made a decision. I said, well, I, I think I really need to go. I think I need to make that step uh, across the big pond, as we call it, a big ocean, and go to the other side of the world and begin witnessing and, and sharing with the persecutors, with Muslims specifically. And so I began as- asking questions, well, what does that look like? How do you do that? I've, I didn't grow up in the Christian faith, and so I had no clue on what it looked like to pursue a call. And so I asked around, my pastor and others, and, and the first thing that came to my mind was, you know, I'm really unworthy of that, number one, because I know my past, Man, I've done a lot of bad things, and, and I've been nowhere close to being um, somebody, somebody who's godly enough, in my mind, to, to go and, and preach the gospel. And the response to me was, was really telling, in that as people mentored me, they just shared pretty specifically, that's the amazing thing about God's grace. Is it doesn't matter where we've been or what we've done. It matters what he's done. And because of that, I was able to go and, and serve internationally and share about who Jesus was. And so I, I decided to get out of the Army, and I did. I went down to Fort Worth, Texas uh, to go to Southwestern Seminary and, and began learning about things I didn't know about, um, you know, basic things about Scripture and about missions work and how to serve cross-culturally. I met my, my wife, Jan, uh, there at Southwestern Seminary. We got married. She felt called to work with Muslims as well, so together, we pursued that call and felt like God was uh, leading us to India. And so in 2004, uh, we began the whole process, and by 2005, we were on the mission field serving in India. And I remember pretty vividly uh, the, the first time we got there, you know, we arrived into the airport, and it's a small airport, you know, and, and Indians all around us, uh, beggars uh, walking up to us, asking, you know, and we didn't understand what they were saying, but they were, they were asking, obviously, for, for some money, for some help, and they were everywhere. 
you know, both kids and adults, and, and we were just overwhelmed. And we ended up getting into a little taxi uh, with, with our bags, and we uh, began heading to a, the local hotel that we were going to stay at until we found a home. And on the way, I mean, literally, people are all in the streets. We got goats running in the streets. We got elephants. Uh, we got chickens running around, you know, just everywhere. And so it was a, a shocker to experience all of that. And we like to say that as you go to India, uh, you, you exercise all six of your senses because you got things that you're smelling, seeing. You guys didn't catch that. There's only five senses, right? So see if you're awake. Um, and so you're exercising all these senses, and it's, it's literally overwhelming. And then as we began living there and learning language, and, and that in itself was such a challenge because, you know, you, you grow up and you're 20-plus years old and you've lived life and you know how to speak your local language, and then all of a sudden you live in a different country and literally you sound like a two-year-old. You're like, me, go store, me, want to eat, <laughs> bathroom, where? And, you know, all of these things uh, that you're all of a sudden starting from ground one. Um, you, to go out and get milk, uh, in eggs was all of a sudden one of the biggest challenges. I, I remember first time I went out and tried to get groceries, I would sit at the door and breathe hard. I can do this. I can do this. And I'm going out and get milk and eggs. <laughs> and that's how crazy it is to surf cross-culturally, the challenges. And I, but I tell you, we, as we learned language, as we began to build relationships, it was an incredible thing. We experienced such sweet uh, memories uh, through the people of, of India. And uh, I one of the, the biggest things that I learned was the sense of hospitality and of community. Um, hospitality, the sense of I would walk into somebody's home and they would have dirt floors, bamboo walls, um, very little furniture, but they would literally kill their, their family chicken or pig, uh, whatever it might be, to serve me because I was a guest in their home. And their view of that was, hey, somebody's coming into our home. God has brought that guest to us, and therefore we have to give them our best. So if you can imagine that, think of the best thing you have in your home and offering that to your guest. And so that's the hospitality that I experienced. And it was such, such an eye-opener for me because, you know, we think about hospitality in the U.S., but to experience that where people take such good care of you um, was, it was a blessing. And it's taught uh, me and, and my family a lot about how we need to, how we should seek hard to be hospitable to others at a high level. And then community is another thing that I learned about. Community in that uh, I think here in the U.S., we love family, and, and we do have a sense of community here at church. But in India, it was, um, it was to another level that I hadn't experienced before, um, in that everything is about community. Everything's about who you're connected with, and people you know, are looking out for you in your neighborhood, and, and you know, to the point where it almost sometimes becomes annoying in that we would go out, we'd come back and buy, have some groceries and things, and, and they'd, they'd ask us, our neighbors would ask us, hey, where'd you go? What'd you do? Why'd you do it? What'd you buy? Oh, I could have got that for half the price. You know, so all of that, you know, just community was there. We had people in our home all the time. Just, uh, you know, sometimes just uh, we had neighbors, and, and you'd live in these buildings almost like apartment complexes, but people would wander down and come into our house, and we'd, they'd be in our kitchen and be like, oh, hey, how are you? <laughs> and, and so community was everywhere. And it was, it was a, uh, again, an annoying thing at times, but also we, f- we felt a real confidence that, man, these people care about us. They're looking out for us. And, and we had a sense of that, that we, we are community. And so that was a, a real blessing. And, um, and we had so many great things happen. Um, uh, I want to keep close on time here. But uh, so many great things happened that uh, 
that I was just so encouraged by in terms of sharing the gospel, seeing people come to faith and, and walk into the community sometimes that's, uh, again, uh, just very poor, but, but seeing God work through that and giving us opportunities to share uh, and then seeing people respond to that uh, was, was pretty amazing. And so uh, I, I learned a ton of great things uh, about discipling, about mentoring people, uh, about seeing how God moves in the midst of my own fear. Uh, I know one of the, the first times that uh, we were challenged as, as missionaries uh, who were working with Muslims to go into mosques. And so these were, these were the places of worship for Muslims. And one of the things that we would, were challenged to do is go in, sit down, and begin engaging uh, with Muslims and having a conversation with them about who Jesus was. And I don't know about you, I, I felt pretty intimidated about, about doing that. And I remember the first time I went out to do it, uh, my heart was pounding. I saw a mosque right there. I got out of the, uh, the rickshaw. So, you know, those guys that ride bicycles and you sit in the back. Those are all over the place in India. So I got out of that. I saw the mosque. I walked, uh, I walked to the mosque, but then I said, oh, okay, maybe I'll just wait a little bit. So I'll, I went past the mosque, had a, a glass of tea, you know, thought about it a little bit, walked back, walked past it again. You know, my heart was pounding. I said, you know what, I'm just going to do this. So I walked into the mosque, and, you know, lo and behold, I, I sat down and it felt like I was going to be bum-rushed by all these Muslims, but it didn't happen. They sat down with me. They began talking with me, and I was amazed to, to, to learn to understand that, hey, you know, these people are just like me in that they've got uh, wives, they've got kids, they've got brothers, they've got moms and dads, and they're trying to make a living, and they're trying to understand who God is, and I had a great opportunity to conquer my fear and talk to them about, again, who Jesus was. And so sometimes, the, as somebody said, there's a lot of intimidation with talking with people that we don't know that are very, very different from us. But when we do, it's amazing because God allows us to overcome that fear and realize they, they're open to hearing. And so I was really encouraged by that in my experience. Um, and I want to move very quickly, and, and Ryan's going to come up a little bit and ask a couple questions, but um, to challenge you, that, that's my part of the story, my part of this idea of missions. And, and since I came back uh, from, from India in 2014, um, I've had the, had the opportunity to serve now with, with a, a nonprofit life shape of a uh, nonprofit of Chick-fil-A. And our main mission is to actually mobilize the Chick-fil-A family. So that's franchise owners and corporate staff, anybody involved with Chick-fil-A, to go and serve both domestically and internationally to serve people to help engage people who don't know about Jesus. So I love that. And it's been such an honor to both serve on the field and now on this side be a part of sending others into the mission field. So the last thing I'll share, again, before Ryan comes up, is this idea that the mission field is everywhere and that it could be that you're called to be a missionary on the ground living in a foreign country and serving in that way. And that's an awesome calling, and I absolutely love that experience. It also could be that you're called to do missions work, but maybe through your vocation of being a businessman, being a lawyer, being a teacher, uh, being someone who serves maybe an international consulate. We're all called to do missions work, to reach others with the gospel in whatever way, shape, or form God calls us to. And so what's your part in that story? What's your part in Acts 1-8, which is to be a witness for God in in, Ju- in Jerusalem, so here where you're at, here in Rome, in Judea, okay, in the greater Floyd County area, maybe Georgia, and Samaria, 
around the U.S., and then to the utter ends of the earth. It's not an either or, it's a both and. You're doing all of them. You're praying for those around you and to the utter ends of the earth, and you're engaging in whatever way you can by praying, giving, or going. And so that's my challenge to you to figure out what is your call, what's your part of the story. Ryan, come on up. of those cows do you have in the box? I've got several more, so several. maybe we got to oh some Lord. last questions and I'm going to throw them out at you. So, okay, so first of all, thank you for that. I really appreciated hearing that and, and enjoyed that. Um, so what we're going to do now, we've, we've, got a little, we've got a little bit of time, which is great. We've got some time to, to kind of relax and just talk. There were kind of four things that I took from, from Steve's talk. And Steve, as I, so what we'll do is I'm going to go through these four things and you just kind of if anything pricks your mind to add, please feel free. And then I got three questions for you. So the okay. things that I took from, from what Steve says, first of all, in terms of how do I know I'm called to be a missionary? Uh, how do I know I'm called to be a pastor? How do I know I'm supposed to be a teacher or an accountant or work at Belk or whatever, right? How do I know that's what I'm supposed to do? So check this. In Steve's story, to be a missionary, the first thing that I, the, the, I don't know that you actually came out and said it, but the impression I got was one, he wanted to. Um, there was a desire to do this. One of the ways you guys can understand what your calling is in life is what are things that you are passionate about? What are things that you like to do and want to do? And there's more to it than that. But, but I think a lot of times we get caught up in, I really don't want to do this. I really don't want to do this. I dread this. I hate this. But, oh, maybe God's calling me to do it, so I should do it. That doesn't sound like a calling. Does that make sense? Uh, one of the... One of the the clear signs that God's calling you into something is that you're going to want to. Now, you may not be 100% comfortable all the time doing those things. That's not what I'm saying. But there will be a desire to do what you're called to. Does that make sense? Um, the other thing was, in, in trying to discern his calling, he sought counsel from older people. He didn't just sit in the basement with his friends and like, I should be a missionary. Oh, bro, you'd be a great missionary. Pass the cheese puffs. Like, you see what I mean? Like, he actually talked to people who would be honest with it, like, like, you know, your parents and your pat, like, they're going to be honest with you. They're going to call you on, like, well, maybe you're good at this, maybe you're not. He sought counsel from those who are older than him, sought wisdom in that calling. Um, the other thing, too, listen, good theology equals good missions. Does that make sense? If you know what you're talking about when it comes to Christ and his church, you're going to do a better job spreading that word. Does that make sense? And, there, you know, there are going to be times where you... Don't get to study up before you talk to your friend. But it was, I thought it was cool that he went to seminary and then really jumped into the mission field to learn about the Christ he was sharing with others. Does that make sense? Um, that was huge to me. And then lastly, when it comes to sharing, the, I thought to me one of the most relatable parts was like when you're walking past the mosque and then like you're just going to walk past it again and then you get tea and then you walk and then you like steal yourself. I mean, this is a missionary, right? These are the guys that are supposed to be doing it. And he was like, I just, I don't know. And so first of all, if you feel kind of trepidation or hesitation before you talk to your friends about the gospel, understand missionaries feel it too, like literal missionaries feel it too. But secondly, he just went for it. There was no secret prayer or text that he read, right? Does that make sense? Like, he just stepped in and went for it. Uh, and that's what we have to do. That, I know that was several different unrelated things, but 
any of those points that you want to add to or jump in and, and, and add something on? Um, well, in terms of the, the calling piece, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I know um, I use four things to kind of help me discern, you know, how, how do you know that God's asking you to do something? Right. And so the first thing was, was praying, really fervently seeking the Lord, making it a regular part of your habit every day. God, do you really want me to do this thing? It mm. seems crazy. Yeah. Um, it, 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 it's out of the normal. I mean, is this the thing you want? So praying, then reading God's word, you know, seeing, is God confirming what I'm praying about nice. as I read his word? And, and it's amazing how God will do that. Hmm. Uh, the, the scripture's active and alive, and it's dynamic, and I love that about God's word. And then third is, as you said, seek godly counsel. You know, yeah. uh, seek truth right. tellers that will say, you know what, that, that's, that's, that's good. That, that's maybe something that God is actually calling you to do. And, and, and truth tellers that, uh, that you know are walking with the Lord. And mm. I think that's really important. Giving right. godly counsel, getting godly counsel. And then fourth, just watching how God unfolds circumstances before you. How he opens doors mm. or closes doors. When all four of those things agree, I think you can feel pretty confident that, that God's, God's confirming you to pursue this path. Yeah, so. I think that's exactly. The, the, the tool that we use with college students and trying to figure out their major is, is passion, talent, opportunity. Uh, what do you love? What are you gifted in? And then what is, like, like she said, what are the opportunities that God is giving? Is he opening doors to allow you to continue down that path? So kind of that kind of piggybacks into this. this so the first question was really, you know, how do you know if you're called? And, and we've talked to that. But the second thing is, you know, some students in here may be, all right, I, I'm, I'm a high schooler. Or I'm a middle schooler. I'm excited about missions. I think that will be really cool. What are some ways that, let, before we get started, what are some ways that we can learn more about missions, um, you know, some, a book, a, a sermon, a YouTube video, what are some ways that I can begin to learn more about missions if maybe I'm not quite old enough to really jump in quite yet? Yeah, that's good. Um, I mean, there's so many things out there uh, now, so many folks talking about it, so certainly look on, look on the internet, you'll find a ton of resources, but a book that really stood out to me was In the Word Came with Power. Hmm. Um, uh, Joanne Shetler is the author in and she talked a lot about her service in the Philippines with the Balangao people and how, I mean, she stayed like 30 years. I mean, this is traditional missions. She stayed like 30 years, translated the Bible for them, and just mm. a very inspirational story about what it looks and sounds like to, to serve like that. Yeah. Uh, so, again, And the Word Came with Power was, was a great book. Yeah. Um, obviously, David Platt <laughs> talks a lot about this whole idea of mm -hmm. missional thinking. And, and I, I love how he just terms it, this, this idea of being radical. And, and so mm. we're, we're all called to that. To, we're called to be different. And, and so if we look and uh, sound just like everyone else around us, the lost world around us, then what makes us special and unique is God's children. I mean, mm. we're supposed to be different, so we're supposed to be radical. Yeah, I think that's yeah. good. So, and the word came with power is the title of the book. And then the other book also that he's kind of mentioned is Radical by David Platt. It's a little orange book. Really good book about missions, I would say, local as well as abroad. I, I've read Radical. I haven't read In the Word Came with Power. Um, some great places. Now, okay, let's kind of shift into, I'm curious about missions. I'm excited about missions. I want to kind of get some experience. What are some ways that, that students can, can get their feet wet when it comes to missions and, and get started either locally or abroad? Yeah. Um, I mean, I just say begin, begin praying that God would give you a passion to share with those around you. I think it starts there. Nice. I mean, it's very hard for, uh, for any of us to... Uh, to expect to travel a thousand miles into a different country, different culture, expect to share the gospel well there uh, if we're not just right around us with our neighbor and with our, our classmate at school, mm -hmm. if we're not willing to bridge that gap and begin being bold enough to share with them. 
uh, it starts there. And so uh, start with people that you know, uh, maybe family members, and, and look at opportunities. I know, Ryan, you've done an incredible job of, of engaging uh, the, the youth with, with opportunities to serve. And so I say take Ryan up on, on the opportunities that he's presenting before you and begin serving. I think it really does change you. It can be intimidating when you think about engaging with other people you don't know and what that might mean. But when you do, I, I honestly, it'll begin cultivating a passion in your heart that uh, will be unmistakable and will, will, uh, uh, will transform you into who God wants you to be. So serving is the key. Start off with serving well. It's a really good word. You know, what's going on locally? Are you excited about missions locally? Are you excited about Christ locally? Because then that will transfer globally. Kind of, okay, so w- one more question that I just kind of thought of. Um, there's been a lot of back and forth, when it, and maybe they're not so much aware of it, but I, I would imagine in your circles you are, of the good and the bad of the short-term mission trip. Uh, done poorly, it can do a lot of damage. Um, but then you have guys like J.D. Greer who talk about a short-term mission is a good way to kind of get a flavor for, is this something I'm passionate about, ways of the Lord... Thoughts on that? Uh, is a short-term mission trip a good idea? Um, what do you think about that for, for students? No, absolutely. I mean, it, a short-term mission trip is what, was what began me on the path towards serving long-term. And so I just encourage you, whether it's to Houston, uh, whether it's down the street, or whether it's uh, to a, a Mexico or Kenya, as right. you have opportunities with the church. Right. Um, yeah, I, I mean, go ahead and do it and allow it. To, short-term missions can give you and cultivate a great passion for serving people and, and for engaging people of different cultures. Mm. And so, absolutely, I think it, it starts with just giving it a shot yeah. and, uh, and, and making sure that, I mean, that's where, where the church gets involved and as we look at partners, making sure it's done in a healthy way so you aren't pay, painting the church sure. building for the fifth time yeah. and, you know, <laughs> and, and, it, and just getting the pictures. I mean, but it's about so much more. Yeah, so. that was awesome. Um, well, thank you so much. Um, Steve will be around for the next, like, you know, we'll pray, do some announcements. Um, and then Steve, if you're cool, stick around maybe five or ten minutes. Just So he'll be kind of back here. If, if any of you guys have questions about missions or just want to hear more about his story, uh, Steve will be back there for you to ask plenty of questions and talk with him about. Um, if you don't mind, we're going to pray for you real quick. And then, uh, and then Brindley and Lydia will have some announcements for us. So let's pray.